And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton and with me is my lovely co-host, Steffi Barnes. <laughs> what are you after, <laughs> Mr. Shilton? <laughs> On today's show, we take LGBT plus exploration of actual reality, virtual reality and haptics. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and it's not often we get a technical, uh, uh, sorry, get technical on this show. Um, so stay with us, it'll be worth it. Uh, Terry's also here with this month's Deep Dive of the News. All today, right here on Shadow! (laughs) (laughs) You make Lara proud. (laughs) So, how are we all? All good. good. Did you have snow earlier? Yes, I saw that. I thought it was more hailstones actually, where well, I was on Stonecroft. Bit of a mix of both, wasn't it? Mm. It we was. Have any of it. Oh, we just. Oh, you shut me down. I did, yes, Mr. Sorry. Shilton. <laughs> R- wrong mic. After all the smarmy stuff at the top sorry. of the show, I'm, 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 <laughs> shut I'm me down. Trying to try, trying to get used to it. I, I wasn't well last week, was I? So <laughs> trying to get used to what the desk. The desk that this I've used for eleven, 11 and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, no, it was. It was snowing, um, and uh, the weekend. Oh dear, those four storms that kind of hit us. Yes. Um, there, there, there was one. I mean, there was a lot of destruction. I don't want to like make bad of the storm and the like, but there was one very funny bit I saw in a park. In um, it was, I th- it ended up going around um, on Facebook almost viral. But there were people that were on skateboards in a park in London holding a bag out in front of them, and it was just oh, like pulling so across <laughs> the park. It was absolutely yeah. hilarious. That's one way of dealing with it, isn't it? <laughs> so, but yeah. And this yeah. week, happy birthday to one of our family yeah. stations that take this programme, Trans Radio UK, which yeah. is on digital oh. in Ireland and on the net in the UK, are four years old, just over. Happy birthday, happy birthday to, you. to you. And that's two Fs, by the way, people, in birthday. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Local style. <laughs> and don't worry, there's no teasing shout out according to Shout out. Either. <laughs> no, it's a D, isn't it, in the middle? Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. <clears throat> But yes, um, technology today. I know. I, I honestly don't think we have ever done a show about technology. I think the closest we've ever come to it was um, me doing recommendations of how to make your home Wi-Fi work better yeah. when we first went into COVID. And queer technology as well. Queer technology. This isn't yeah. queer technology. Is technology queer? Well, it has to be if it gets on this show. <laughs> if, if it doesn't work. We things, if it doesn't it? work, it might be a bit queer, <laughs> I suppose. Like you. Yeah, like me, yeah. Odd. Odd. I'm not odd, are you? <laughs> Is that three Ds? Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. So, and, and she, she sat here in a microphone. We're not interviewing her for a little, little bit yet, but, but I'm still going to say hello to you because Hi. you look really, really tense at the moment. No, I'm fine. I'm just wondering whether to speak or not. I was like, you can is, join just... in. How can how can Antonio be nervous being a, a TEDx speaker? I was say, Come on. No, I was worried about dropping something and making a lot of noise behind the scenes when I'm meant oh. to be here. I didn't know if it, my presence was known yet. Join so now club. everyone knows I'm here. Hi, everybody. I'm Antonio. 
earlier. <laughs> Welcome so, to the show. But yeah, and talking technology, v- VR and um, AR and mm. haptics, which uh, I'll get, get you to stuff. tell, okay. tell our listeners know, a bit more about what they know, are. Sure. Yeah, I want to know what haptics is. Okay. I know the other two, but okay. I've no idea how the word haptics okay. equates to those other gotcha, two items. Gotcha. Mm. I'll explain the relationship. I mean, do you want me to explain now? Or should we wait until my segment? No, until your segment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're only being paid no. for 15 minutes. <laughs> 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 right, I've hey, at least you're transparent this about is, it. You this know, is overtime that. now. Oh, okay. I'm paid overtime. That's, that's fine. For you, I don't mind. I know, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> the way we tell them. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then later on, we're taking a deep dive into the news. And we've actually kind of taken a slight detour of what we were going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to be chatting about, yeah, of the current um, current affairs, shall we say. So, and uh, Antonio might join us for that too. Because <laughs> Please yeah. do, yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we, I'm paid overtime, right? We were, yeah, <laughs> we, we were making our money today. <laughs> yeah. Get, yeah. Getting our most out of it. We'll buy you an extra bar of chocolate. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. That's, I mean, no, it's, it's, in all seriousness, you know, it's it's super important. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we're going to be talking about Ukraine, yeah, Ukraine and um, uh, also the letter that mm. the Texas governor put out um, about uh, trans kids. Indeed. Yeah, it just I don't, I still can't believe we're in age where things like that are happening. Twenty first century, I know. It's like we're going backwards, we're hurtling yeah. back. To mind, the mind you, to be fair, it, it is Texas, which is kind of renowned for being backward, um, a bit like that. Uh, so. There's quite a few states like that. Well, there are, yeah. I mean, overall, I believe the the whole of the US is progressing mm. um, because I can't remember what his name is, but there's the famous. Um, um, guy on just on a series on Netflix about coming out, and he's from Texas, mm-hmm. and he ended up going on that um, dating show. Um, and everyone's looking at me like, I don't know who you've been. I don't watch I reality TV, which... so I don't know which dating. Well, this, this, well, I didn't watch a dating show, but like, I, I watched a series <laughs> yeah, on Netflix yeah, about yeah. him coming out, and it was really, really interesting because he was coming out in America, in Texas, mm. and it was like watching something from here from about twenty years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah, scary. And, um, yeah. and, uh, I was chatting to a New Yorker. Um, this was about a year ago, and his family. They consider themselves completely separate from the rest of the United States. What, Texas? No, New York. <laughs> oh, New York. Yeah. Oh, wow. They see them as uh, the rest of the states as, as slightly backward, and that's the polite view of, of what he told me. I mean, you me. could argue lots of areas of California as well. Are, things are really... I actually grew up in San Diego and things are mm. really different in lots of California. than I, I think all the states, it's a bit like a countries huge. in Europe, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. we're all really different. Yeah. And, and the US is huge. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All the states yeah, are really wildly different to each yeah. other. Except the ones in New England, which are quite small, <laughs> especially Rhode Island. That's true. Not all the states are big, but they do all vary for mm. sure. So anyway, if you listen in America, hello, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> yeah, well, they've just turned off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We apologise, we love you. So, uh, well, anyway, we're going to disappear for a minute, so, um, but we'll be back uh, after this song when uh, we'll be talking to Antonia. So uh, stay with us, uh, you're listening to Shout Out. Stay tuned. Shout Out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, Candyman. Oh, I'm not talking about you, Terry. You <laughs> <laughs> could be a sweet <laughs> I'm not even going that way. Candyman, I suppose, <laughs> couldn't you? Terry's sure. always got a pack of sweets in his pocket. Yeah. So that's uh, Christina Aguilera. That's uh, quite an old song, that one. Uh, that's going back maybe 20 years, actually. Mm. Wow. Yeah. 20 years. Jeez. My Monday shows play sixties and fifties and sixties. I've even gone and played Glenn Miller from the Forties. So twenty years ago, it's quite modern. <laughs> well, I consider it modern as well, but for a lot of people, it isn't. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you doing it again? 
No, that microphone's Shut really, really, really directional. The one that Terry, Terry's like, it's great for the news when he reads it, but um, yeah, it, it's a bit like you move the slightest bit and I lose him. You can't silence us. No, that's a hate crime. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> oh, I like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you like can pick that direction. Antonia, yeah. oh, Antonia was so keen to get on the show. She was here like an hour and a half before we were. Yeah, there, so. bad with timing. Better earlier than late, though, right? <laughs> Very true. So, anyway, welcome to Shout Out. I can actually say it now Thanks officially. Very much. Uh, it's lovely to have you on. Lovely and to be uh, here. as we've been hinting, we're talking mm. about technology. Indeed, yeah. Um, but I think before we do that, mm-hmm. Steph, you wanted to talk about TED Talks. Yeah, I do. That superb one you did um, about relating to animals mm. and sex and gender. So, if anyone's mm. having an argument with a turf or anything, they just point in your direction Absolutely. and say, listen to that 16 minutes. Absolutely. So, yes. tell us a bit about that and where people can find it. Absolutely, yeah. So I'll introduce myself as well. My name is Antonia Forster. Um, I now work in tech. I'm a senior XR, so that's mixed reality. I'll explain what that is later. Technical specialist. Um, But my background's actually in zoology and animal behavior. So I did a bachelor's and a master's, and I started a PhD all in animal behavior. That's why she's got you sorted. You <laughs> Very oh, harsh. Yes. Very harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's getting brutal. You've seen nothing. I've just at the exits. So things kick off and out. Um, and so, it's gone red. <laughs> this is just the start. It's all downhill from here. Um, yeah. So, so I basically I just got sick of people saying, "Well, being queer, being trans, being gay, it's not natural." And how that, that doesn't make any sense because, first of all, natural means we see it in nature. First of all, we do see it in nature. It is natural. And second of all, that's a kind of a nonsense argument anyway. We see lots of things in nature we probably shouldn't encourage and emulate. Like, you know, there's lots of violence in nature. We also see things in nature that are perfectly fine. And there's lots of artificial man-made things that are, that are bad and, and harmful as well. You know, like, I don't know, poisons or pollution. So it's a nonsense argument, but I wanted people to not have to do that emotional labor to have that argument. I wanted to give some kind of comical examples of, of where, um, you know, behavior is not what people expect in the animal kingdom um, and with fungi and with other organisms as well outside of animals. So mm-hmm. I developed a talk. Um, it was all about queerness in largely in the animal kingdom and also polyamory I'm polyamorous as well Um, and that's actually the norm in the animal kingdom monogamy is very rare and very unusual so I started touring that and uh, I did a talk for TEDx Bristol back in 2017 I think feels so long ago now given everything that's happened since then and yeah so that's available on YouTube if you search LGBTQ polyamory in animals you'll find it if you search for Antonia Forster you'll find it as well it's worth the watch Mm. (laughs) do it but not until after this show (laughs) hold your horses isn't it it birds that are some of the most common to have monogamy Yes. Some, some of them do yes. actually make for life. It's actually they? only really very common in birds. Right. Um, and, and actually, there's two differences there. There's, there's social monogamy and, and sexual monogamy. So social monogamy is more common in birds, partly because of the nature of having a nest. It's just harder to build a larger nest. So that kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> I so, never thought of that, to right, be fair. Exactly. It's a very valid point, it's, isn't it's, it? It's one of the reasons. Yeah. It's just practical um so so i guess social monogamy is more common they tend to couple up um but even in ones that we we perceived as coupling for life sexual monogamy is still very uncommon most of those species have extra pair copulation which means even if one pair visit the nest and seem to raise the young um it's very very common for those individuals to be having um you know sexual interactions outside Mm. of that pair so sexual monogamy is extremely rare in the animal kingdom so you know if people want to point to things that are unnatural monogamy is actually fairly unnatural it doesn't mean that i'm going to rally against it but it is it is unnatural mm. by definition yeah. 
Yeah. Definitely going to have to have a bet for another show about something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Should we talk but about today, VR and HR? We're talking AR. about technology, aren't we? Which I'm really excited about because I do do work in um, technology. Mm. So first off, um, XR, you called it. Yes. Is that the, the blanket term? Yes, exactly. So mixed reality, or you can think of the X as sort of um, just a blank, blank reality. So it could be mixed, virtual, augmented. That's the kind of umbrella term for everything. Cool. Um, and so, I think you've just there explained what the other ones are. So we have VR, which is virtual reality. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. we had AR, which is augmented reality. Yes. So what's the difference between those two? Great question. So <laughs> in virtual reality, you put on a headset and um, you can look around and you're completely immersed in a virtual world. So you can um, walk or teleport around, you can look around and you can't see the real environment anymore at all. Yeah. Augmented reality, you usually can see the real world around you with some digital content on top. So that might be a face filter on your phone. Uh, that counts as AR. It could be Pokemon Go, where you can see Pokemon in the real world. Um, but it can also be much more than that. And, and there are some devices on which you could start in augmented reality and kind of increase the amount of digital content until you're in complete virtual reality, which is why we need a blanket term for both, because sometimes the distinction isn't very clear. Cool. Well, that's a bit like, is it the roller coasters? You can do that. Some, some of them, it's like... Yeah, kind of. I'm curious, when did... Have you experienced virtual reality? And if so, when? Um, kind of. Um, the the main one that I've done was actually using um, Google goggles mm. um, or cardboard. I think mm. it was called. Yes. Um, and it, it's um, I've got a Google phone and it allows you to take photos in a sphere, mm. and then you can put it in the device and be back there. And as you move around and look, um, you can actually see right. the image in three three D again around you. It's not quite VR because you can't move, yes. but I suppose, and it's a real photo, mm-hmm. so I don't. But that's not what I would class as augmented reality. No, that's that I wouldn't say is augmented reality. Augmented reality, you can see your environment in real time. Yeah. So you have either a screen where you can see on the screen digital content over real content, you know, what yeah. the camera's seeing. Or it could be a headset which has a transparent display with sort of ghost information mm. on top. So something like the HoloLens 2, it has a transparent screen and you could have a menu floating in space, but you can still see the rest of the world. So that's the main distinction, either completely virtual and immersive or you can see the real world. That's the distinction right now. So are you programming in both or just yes, VR? Yes, I create both, yeah. So I use Unity. In fact, I, I, the organisation I work for is Unity. Unity's main product is a piece of software, also called Unity, and uh, or the Unity editor. And it's... Um, most it's a people know it as the games engine. Games engine, engine exactly. Most people know it as a games engine. Um, yeah. I actually don't work in games. I work across lots of other industries, so architecture, construction, film, um, activism, aerospace, pretty much everything. But you can use it for much more than that. It's it's basically a big old sandbox and you can build anything you like. And it's very visual. You get immediate visual feedback. Um, in terms of programming languages, I use C Sharp because that's what works with that. But yes, I, I create both completely virtual worlds and I also create mobile apps and things like that. Uh, and also just other kinds of content that aren't VR or AR, more like well, kind of before, games. Before I ask you more about the content and the like um we we, we almost missed one out there because there was one we mentioned at the, at the start of the show called ah, haptics yes um which um um i know steph's really keen to understand what it is do you, do you want to have a guess before mm. she explains um, not you, how it, it relates to ar and vr mm. no i have no idea right so haptics just means a sense of touch and so 
when you use your phone and it vibrates when you press a button or if you're using a games controller and it vibrates that's haptics oh, okay. but it's much more advanced nowadays so you could get gloves or suits or you can use um, an array of ultrasonic transducers so little speakers that play ultrasound which is too high pitched to hear but they can play it in such a way that it all adds up and you can physically feel it in midair so anything that you can feel is haptics so okay. it can intersect with virtual reality and augmented reality but you can also have haptics with other content that isn't VR and AR like kind of games yeah, yeah, yeah. like your phone um, but people do like using it in VR and AR sometimes because it gives you that sense of immersion because mm. you experience things not just with sight and sound but also by physically being able to touch mm. and feel objects my grandson had some um, VR goggles for mm. Christmas and I tried them but I got very giddy mm. I, I imagine that before long I would have had travel sickness <clears throat> which which headset was it? I have no idea it was uh, <laughs> a big white one okay oh maybe PlayStation uh, yes PSVR yeah I'm really good identifying them now PlayStation yeah. VR I haven't used that one actually but um, okay. yeah it's interesting like so so women actually are more likely to get VR sickness than men because on average women's interpupillary distance the distance between your pupils is smaller and most vr headsets presumably were tested on men so oh, lovely. in general go. yeah it's an interesting <laughs> thing that most women uh, get more vr sickness than men do in in virtual reality but it does depend on the content a lot so you mentioned roller coasters and the reason mm. i asked when did you experience this is that used to be a kind of a trend of people making roller coasters it's not a great idea actually for <laughs> vr because you will get motion sickness yeah. motion sickness mm. is caused by your visual stimulus moving in your body not moving yeah. or vice versa oh so no I meant on a real roller coaster oh I see um, oh yeah where, yeah where you have a VR headset but, oh absolutely but um, um, what you watch obviously goes with the actual right. movement yes. of it but rather than being out in the plain world it's a fantasy world yes. that is computer generated gotcha. that you see in the I misunderstood see, see in the um, in the, in the well, yeah. that's a great use mm. I think where was that I, I'm trying to think. I, I just remember, you know, stumbling over YouTube videos, thinking that's absolutely amazing. But that must be really weird because you're on a roller coaster mm, moving, yeah. and you're diving through this like uh, the one I watched had like dragons and all mm. sorts attacking you and and the like and jumping out wow. in front of you. Is that Universal or no? Not to my knowledge. Right? No, it might be one of the Six Flags ones in America. I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. So I'm sure quite, you, there's you, quite a few places yeah. implementing that now. Yeah, right. it's, it's really. Have mm. we got over the um, inability to walk? Because, of course, the problem is if you stick a headset on and you want to go and explore an environment, yeah. the most natural thing to want to do is to walk somewhere. Yeah, uh, it depends. So you can create location-based experiences where, uh, for example, the museum that I built, if you do walk around, you know, your your headset will move around in the space so we can track people. Um, but the problem with that is you either need a very large space or yeah. you need a, some kind of treadmill and there actually are things to do that there are sort of omni uh, directional treadmills so you can walk around oh, wow. there's really? also sorts of slippers that sort of like you feel as if you're walking but you're actually sliding back into the center of a sort of a shallow pit i guess is what right. you describe it. so there's oh, and there's clever. um whole body rigs that kind of hold you in place so you can run but you're not really moving so there's a few ways to solve that um another interesting possibility is you can make vr content a whole virtual room and physically line it up with a real room. So you can walk around it and you can touch things like tables or furniture and you'll feel them because they are there. They just look different <laughs> in virtual reality. Oh, so um, one uh, colleague and friend of mine, Greg Madison, has a great example on YouTube. Uh, he mapped his whole apartment in virtual reality to his real apartment. And then he could run around, grab a bow and arrow and, and shoot at monsters <laughs> and grab a laser pistol and shoot other monsters. But if he touched the walls or the tables or anything, they you know he could feel them because mm. they really are there you're touching the real table which is a very interesting use and, yeah. and you've used your skills to make an lgbt museum yes indeed yeah T tell us a bit about that so um I, this actually came about because i wanted to visit 
a museum in the UK that specifically centered and platformed queer history and right. found out there wasn't one. And I was really shocked that this hasn't been made. And there's a project in progress called Queer Britain. They aim to make the UK's first physical LGBT museum. So I thought about whether I could do this. I just don't have the resources, the people, the connections, the money to build a physical one. But I figured I do have the resources and skills to build a virtual one. So it started out as a really small project and it grew very rapidly. I shared it on Twitter, got lots of support from the community there, um, ended up managing a team of 20 volunteers. And then it kind of narrowed down and fizzled down until a few people were able to contribute more and ended up working primarily with one developer called Thomas Tekildsen in Denmark. Shout out to Thomas. Thank you for all your help. He's um, my co-creator, really, um, who's also queer. So this is very much a project built for queer people by queer people. Cool. Um, and what we did is we took 15 objects from people, mostly from Bristol, um, one from Ghana, and uh, scanned them. So we took lots of photos and stitched them together into a 3D virtual object. Those 15 objects are on plinths in the museum, and they're, they're accompanied by the audio story so the, the person who owns that object in their own voice explained why it's important to them uh, we also have 25 digital artworks from queer creators all over the world shared wow. in the museum so i've heard people say it's a very powerful experience um it was really important to me to to create a space because it didn't exist which was just <laughs> baffling to me and to amplify those stories that otherwise i mean particularly in the context of museums queer history is either ignored or outright suppressed. we had somebody on last week from um, Queer Britain. Oh, really? Yeah. That oh, was a joke. Um, Andrew Mouge. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, oh, fantastic. Was interviewed by Saski. So how oh, coincidental. Yeah, I've been speaking with them. <laughs> so funny. I haven't spoken to that individual, but I've been speaking to the kind yeah. of other people on the project because yeah. there's some... This is confidential, but some possibility that we'll be okay. working together. This is all planned, folks. We planned yeah. for this. Yep. <laughs> this, is, this is, look how cohesive this experience is. Cool. So, I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing as well you could grow... Yes. You can just keep adding more oh, yeah. to the museum yeah. and the like. There so. are some limits there because, you know, although virtually there is infinite space, the actual headset it runs on, the Quest 2, is essentially, it doesn't plug into a computer. You oh, just right. put it on and you have controllers, so you don't need to be attached to a computer. You can walk around, which is great. It also means I could tour it at festivals, for example. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's not publicly available because we're doing some premieres at film festivals. But I'd right. love to work with Pride in future and put on exhibitions, things like that. But because of that, the headset itself is the computer, so you can't overload it. Right. But loads and loads and loads of stuff because it'll just. But, the, but you could also you could also make different versions of it. Yes, so yeah. you could do museum one, museum exactly. two. Wow, exactly gosh. that. Yeah. So we, we've been talking with other people about how we can incorporate different things into the experience. You know, add haptics, for example. Um, one of the stories in there is from Thomas himself about um, his OCD and how it led to. Uh, he has health-related OCD. So he, he, in his story, he talks about poking and prodding and trying to find abnormalities um, to, to, to kind of worry about. And it'd be really interesting to have haptic vest or, or some device to initiate that feeling in the user so they could understand wow. that kind of sensation. So there's lots of possibilities of integrating other tech into it wow. as well. Gosh. Will it be available for people at some point? Yes, I hope so. I hope by the end of the year. Um, if not, then definitely next year. So we've done a, a UK premiere at Open City Documentary Festival in London. Um, we've been to Australia. Um, it was a finalist for two awards at Queensland XR Festival. And uh, we're hoping to do our USA premiere soon. I can't say which festival, but a major film festival has been speaking to us about premiering in the oh, US. Fantastic. So after we've kind of finished with all our premieres, then we can finally publicly make it available completely for free as well 
Oh, that would be amazing. Wow. <laughs> so, we might have to get you back with a VR helmet. I don't, yeah, I'll don't, bring don't, it. I'll bring one. one. Absolutely. I can just chuck it in my bag. I wish I'd brought one now. Such good radio. <laughs> yeah. We could hold it up in front of our magic microphones. <laughs> <laughs> we could describe it. We could audio describe good it. Good idea, Mr. Shelton. <laughs> so. I'm up for it. Cool. Listen, um, we are running out of time. Um, if people want to find out more and want to like find where they might be able to get it at yes. some point, where's the best place for them to go? It has its own website. So go to www www.lgbtqvrmuseum.com I appreciate it's a lot of letters <laughs> lgbtqvrmuseum.com that's the project's website um, if you want to find me and more about me I'm on Twitter uh, LinkedIn everywhere as Antonia Forster so if you just Google Antonia Forster I'm sure you'll be able to find me um, especially active on Twitter cool well I know you're going to hang around for the rest of the show and yes. join us with the news extra but for now for that bit um, thank you very much for joining us thank you my pleasure uh, stay with us news is up next uh, you're listening to Shout Out The Shout Out Podcast uh, Emperor's New Clothes Quite quite a Boomy song that one But it's fun So So would you have a go at VR? I have had a go at VR actually oh. On Christmas Eve oh. One of my colleagues Bought a VR headset Into the office And uh I was chased by Velociraptor. <laughs> I also had to go on the VR headset. <laughs> um, I think we've covered um, sexual dinosaurs, have we not, on this programme? We have. Or? It's a thing. Dinosaur, uh, dinosaur erotica is, yeah. is oh a my. thing. Yeah, we've actually covered that. Yes. Wow. I believe we that was how we met Ezra, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first oh, things she spoke okay. about. Yeah. The There's a link. So, yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's uh, time to get some news headlines, if that's More right with welcome, you. Yes. Cool. This is Shout Out News on Thursday, the 24th of February. Ben Hunt, writing at Vice News, has revealed more revelations about the Equalities and Human Rights Commission, which is now facing calls for it to be deselected by the United Nations as a bona fide human rights body. Leaked evidence reveals that comprehensive guidance for schools on how to support transgender young people was undermined and tweaked for several years under government pressure before finally being dropped altogether. Talking with teachers, educators, lawyers and young trans people themselves, the Vice News report alleges that the government were terrified of a total red herring, namely that young people would somehow turn trans because of progressive guidance. This has led some to say that the axing of trans-friendly guidance for schools is tantamount to another Section 28. Former employees of the EHRC say that the organisation has been peddling backwards on a whole raft of equalities measures for some time. For the full article, visit the Vice News website at vice.com. The student Christian movement has tweeted an important reminder to the public that there are many people of faith who support proposals to ban anti-gay and anti-trans conversion therapies. They join many secular groups who also support a ban. Faith-based groups that support a ban on conversions include Open Table, the Progressive Christian Network and Baptists Together for Inclusion. All Christian groups who want to support a ban on these damaging therapies are warmly welcome to add their organisations to the lobby letter to government and should contact the student Christian movement. Police are appealing for witnesses and any other information following a homophobic assault on a man in his 50s in the Leicester Square area of the Bristol district of Soundwell. The incident took place at approximately 10.30pm on Tuesday the 7th of December. 
An old red Nissan was used by the perpetrators, who were described one as white in his 30s, around 5 foot 8 and of slim build. The other attacker was of dual heritage in his 30s, around 5 foot 11 and of slim, slim with braided hair. Anyone with information is urged to contact the police on 101. Dr Nick McGlynn at the University of Brighton School of Transforming Sexuality and Gender has concluded and published a major new survey of gay, bi and queer men who identify as part of the bear subculture. The bear scene is one of the largest subcultures in the movement with its own magazines, its own venues, international party events and even its own radio station over in the States. The full report, report sorry, entitled Bear Space is available for downloading for free now along with a community briefing sheet. Julia Langdon writes in The Guardian about the life and times of actress Mitzi Davis, who was passed on at the age of 81. Davis appeared in many roles over the years on British television, including The Avengers, The Sweeney and Zed Cars. Uh, latterly, she lived on the island of Corfu and married Judy Mackerel and enjoyed what was described as a blissfully happy life. Mitzi is survived by her wife and her children from a previous relationship. Tributes have been pouring in for the children's illustrator Jean-Michel Pescat. Pienskowski, who was passed on at the age of 85. He was best known for illustrating the series of children's classics entitled Meg and Mog. For 50 years, he shared his life with his civil partner, David Walser, who he got hitched to on the first day civil partnerships became official in December 2005. New Family Social, which supports LGBT-headed adoptive and fostering households, are asking for people willing to share their stories of LGBT-plus families. The aim is to record people's stories for the New Family Social podcast, which is called Adoption, Fostering and Tea, and is available to listen to on major platforms, including Apple and Podbean. The network says, over the past 10 years, there's been a dramatic increase in LGBT-plus adopters and foster carers. In 2020, one in six adoptions in England were to same-sex couples to share your story and get involved visit newfamilysocial.org.uk the year in review report from the us-based media watchdog gay and lesbian alliances against defamation has found that there are signs that television producers are realizing that audience is what accurate and faithful representation of diverse populations the where we are on tv report looks at free to air cable and streaming television platforms it found that 12 percent of regular characters were lgbtqia an increase of nearly three percent on the previous year the bbc news channel added that in total there were 42 regular and recurring transgender characters tracked across all three platforms in the states up from 29 last year for the full report click on glad.org and finally, in media news, the popular television hosts Ant and Deck have been praised by the drag community and by parents of gender non-binary children after they dragged up in glamorous and fierce style for their programme Ant and Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway on the ITV network here in the <coughs> UK. The BBC News Channel added that the incredibly popular presenters, who are both straight men, fully engaged in their drag personas with makeup and coaching from drag legends Ellis Atlantis and Raven. Ant and Deck performed on stage during their Saturday night show with Drag Race UK winners The Vivienne, Lawrence Cheney and Crystal Versace in a performance of We Work Together, which is to be released as a single to raise money for the food bank charity The Trussell Trust, which feeds thousands of needy people every week. Linking drag performance with charity and bringing it to a mainstream audience reached many people's hearts, with one mum of a gender non-conformist boy commenting that she was overwhelmed with support from other parents after they saw Anton Deck's fun act. 
Ant and Deck were reported to have enjoyed being drag queens for a night and were given the alter egos Lady Antoinette and Miss Donna Lee. For these news stories and more, we update our website every day. Please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt. And for Shout Out News, I've been Terry Starr. Shout Out News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go, that's uh, Robert Miles and a one on one song by Maria Naylor. Song very close to my heart, that one. I was just telling you on off air. That's a song that was playing the first time I ever came out. So, 1996. And I was 18. Gosh. Beautiful track. Baby. Uh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. So, anyway, um, so, uh, news extra this It this is, the end of the week. month. Yeah, end news of the month. News extra time. So. Uh, we were going to do... With an extra um, guest as well, I should put it. Absolutely. <laughs> extra here in a way. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, we were going to discuss um, uh, Prince Andrew and uh, the damage to the monarchy. And Ooh. we were also going to discuss uh, about the movement and its politics at the current time. But... Mm. Events worldwide seem to have mm. superseded all of our considerations there. We're going to start with some disturbing news from Texas with staff. Um, yeah, the Texas governor has put out um, a note to his legal department. Now, I'm going to read it out because it's quite important. It's quite distressing, actually. Dear Commissioner Masters, consistent with our correspondence in August 2021, the Office of the Attorney General has now confirmed in the enclosed opinion that a number of so-called sex change procedures constitute child abuse under existing Texas law. Because the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services is responsible for protecting children from abuse, I hereby direct your agency to conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of these abusive procedures in the state of Texas. Now, this um, OAG opinion number KP0401, which it refers to, it makes clear it is already against the law to subject Texas children to a wide variety of elective procedures for gender transitioning, including reassignment surgeries that can cause sterilisation, mastectomies, removals of otherwise healthy body parts and administration of puberty blocking drugs or doses of testosterone or oestrogen. Texas law imposes reporting requirements upon all licensed professionals who have direct contact with children who may be subject subject to such abuse, including doctors, nurses, nurses, teachers, and provides criminal penalties for failure to report such child abuse. There are similar reporting requirements and criminal penalties for members of the general public. Wow. That's quite a letter. This... It's like reading something from the, like before the Nazis got in, isn't it? In the, like the mid so not, 30s. Not only are you not allowed to help anyone who might be transgender, mm. um, you have to report it. You have them. to report mm. it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Even if you're public. 
general public. Exactly. It's not just a lack of access for trans youth or lack of support for trans youth and and taking away their healthcare and their rights. It's you you criminalize and penalize anyone who is willing Mm. to to help, you know, any trans youth. The one good thing is that there is a a clash between state law um, Mm. and and U.S. Federal law, federal, federal law, 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 yeah. So I guess that's going to be fought elsewhere now that mm. he's put that out because mm. I don't think the LGBTQIA community is just going to lie down and take that. No, no. We we we, we tend to be quite good at yeah. fighting a fight. Yeah, not um, known for sitting on no, our laurels. No. We are. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so well, um, uh, if you are in Texas and you're listening, mm. um, uh, let us know how. How, um, what your thoughts are on it? Mm, Studio absolutely. at shoutoutradio.lgbt is the email address you want. Yeah, that's not nice. It reminds me of some horrible things no. we've had here, like Give Section 28. When and, I read that. Yeah. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Ooh. Right, Terry. Yes, talking of fighting fights, of course, um, as we said, international events have rather overtaken us uh, today. And uh, we thought we'd spend some time looking at staying well in a time of international crisis and times of great uncertainty. And um, uh, Pink News actually uh, reported that there's a great deal of solidarity being expressed for the Ukrainian LGBTQ community. Um, uh, Ukraine's community, according to Pink News, have spoken of their fears for the future if Russia were to occupy uh, the Ukraine. Kiev Pride has hit out at Russia and its president, Mr. Putin, on Twitter, saying we remain strong and we are not intimidated and said that Mr. Putin will, quote, break all his teeth trying to bite the Ukraine as the invasion progresses. Um, I think we 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 we're going to we had a tweet from uh, Georgia Pride as well. Of course, Georgia uh, is a country which is very much influenced by Russia, or rather, is in the region which Russia operates. Shall we say exactly? Yeah. Um, so those of in the US, it's not talking about Georgia, the state, but <laughs> Georgia, the uh, European country. And um, Tbilisi Pride, um, do listen to the show, and Brilliant. so um, our thoughts are with you. Mm. Um, I guess they're uh, they've been out on the street. The, the tweet they, they sent with the photograph. There are thousands of people flying Ukrainian flags mm. in Tbilisi, the capital. Mm. Um, so mm. our thoughts are with you all mm. and um, stay safe, even though you're not actually in Ukraine. But if anyone is listening in Ukraine who um, are yeah, part of the LGBTQ community, mm. Then our thoughts are with you, and please Absolutely. get in touch. Yeah, stay and stay safe yeah. as well. I, I also important. want to shout out actually to, to Russian citizens who are protesting the war because it's a really Very unsafe place. Well, to, it's illegal. Yeah, to but people Russia. are doing it. People are yeah. doing it. There are videos. People are chanting "No to war, no to war," yeah. and and, and then you know, arrested and being detained. Yeah. And it's incredibly. It's you know I, I think actually it's not just activism. It really is heroism to do that because yeah. that is an incredibly dangerous thing to do, and to put yourself on the line for the purpose of protesting that war is yeah. incredibly. Brave. But it all, so, it's also. Pretty that it's well. not a majority uh, absolutely of, it's absolutely. not a, everyone it's in, not everyone in no it's you know there, so. there are people protesting on the streets of russia against mm. the war as we speak so my my thoughts are with obviously ukraine and anyone within the region but also with the russian citizens themselves who, yeah. are, who are protesting um a friend of the show peter tatchell's also been tweeting 
um, vociferously and um, so you read his feed as well because it's also uh, shows great support from, from Peter oh, and, I, and I won't lie I know our show is predominantly about LGBT plus but I think it's just worrying full stop for everyone in the country yeah 100% you know, of course it's, 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 um, I'm acknowledging those thoughts I was today consulting the web feed of Mind Sane some of the um, more specific uh, charities there's a good thread on a charity I'm a member of called OCD UK which uh, looked at the international situation and it's okay to acknowledge our fears and mm. our worries and concerns about this um, the Metro newspaper editorialised today if you're feeling anxious and afraid about the state of the world right now you are not alone no mm. absolutely not and your, your your feelings do have validity and value so don't try mm. to suppress them I think a lot of us in a weakened state anyway because of the Covid lockdowns mm. there was uh, though some most people say oh we weren't too worried about it but there's a background worry isn't there mm. because of the amount of deaths um, around the world I, I, I was speaking to some young people in my office today and uh, they were very very concerned and I, I tried to sort of put it in a more philosophical context and Steffi will remember this having grown up with the Cold War in the 60s mm. I grew up with the second wave of the Cold War in the 1980s mm. we all thought we were going to get blown up any day yeah you know it was really Indeed. and in 1983 in fact I believe it nearly did happen I mean yeah. they've talked about there's a great series called Deutschland 83 Deutschland 86 that yeah. uh, our colleague Andy Hull was a great fan of which explored you know what it was like mm. particularly in Central Europe when the two superpowers were facing mm. off. Yeah. I, I think mean, the biggest is, threat is was the, really Cuban, worrying. the Cuban Missile Crisis was the, the biggest right. threat during the 60s. Yes, it almost came I mean, to the nuclear war Russia, Russia is a nuclear power. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, They've got They've got, um, is it six and a half thousand? More? It's a lot more than even the US has. Mm. Mm. One, one would hope, and I, I, you know, I tried to bring it back, you know, that obviously our news media, the news channels, they're very useful to watch sometimes, but they can hype things up a little mm. bit. And mm. we have to remember that, you know, the West also has these weapons of mass destruction. Mm, yeah. And one would hope that the Russian people would say to Putin, you know, no matter how unhinged he is, you know, we won't accept, mm. you know, we can't, we, you know, we, can, mm. we don't want to get nuked either. So mm. let's hope that, you know, some kind yeah. of... You, you assume they have a say with Putin. Well, indeed. I mean, but, what was quite well, interesting watching earlier was that the news has changed to calling him a dictator. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, for LGBTQ people in Russia, he has been a dictator yes. for yes. some time. Yes, yeah. He's a homophobe and exactly. has put in, you know, those... So, so it's, to some extent, it's kind of, I don't know... Um, Expected, perhaps, by, yeah. by the community that yeah. he, he was, you know, uh, but you've a even very got, authoritarian You've even character. got European countries going in that route as well. We've mm. got right-wing governments like yes. Poland and, and Hungary who've been fighting <laughs> the EU. Uh, hopefully the EU bringing them into, you know, into line. towing the line. Well, this, is, yeah. this is, I think, how fascism operates, right? It goes for the, the, the marginalised demographics first, but that doesn't mm. mean everyone else is safe. So, you know, the queer community are, are kind of easier to per persecute, right, mm. than the people Indeed. who are non-queer. People of colour are easier to persecute than, than people of, of, you know, less marginalised race. So it, people who are uh, if minority status or marginalised status are going to be the first ones to be targeted but not the only ones to be targeted mm. by fascist regimes and so I think this is kind of how it operates but back you know your point Steffi about Covid and having this low-lying anxiety particularly mm. vulnerable people who mm, you know yeah. very feel, feel ignored and, mm. and you know forgotten by the fact that we are operating almost without restrictions anymore yeah. which is just you know in my opinion not really appropriate given the situation and then of course anyone who's grown up in well 
in my generation and any generation below has grown up with a kind of background radiation stress of the climate crisis as well. Yeah. So yes. there's yes. kind of a well, global pandemic off, and a constant... And it you know, come off the back of Brexit. Exactly, exactly. Which is yeah. huge upheaval for this country. Exactly. So and I, there's and a I lot do, of stress at the do, Me and Terry were talking about before the show, I, I do remember when Chernobyl happened. Um, I was a young kid mm-hmm. and I know... <coughs> Excuse me, I know the explosion of that power station mm. led to a lot of the withdrawal and the dampening down of all the kind of nuclear threats at the time mm. going on. But I do remember, like, when it happened, um, it was like, don't go out in the rain because mm. this is radioactive rain. Yeah. And, I, and I, yeah. I was at primary school and I can remember my friend's mum hurrying us inside the house because wow. it started to rain. Can um, I just say, like, if you're listening live, um, the, the Russians just been reported that they've taken Chernobyl. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they've taken Chernobyl. They, yeah, they've, they've just ta- they've the, just come out mm. on a new. It's, it's, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. No one there. They've reached there. Yeah, yeah right. But that's, that's yeah. yeah. Um, Broached that far. I think uh, the um, the the advice that was very very good because the first paper I saw that actually reported you know how you're feeling and and takes time. The Metro said if you're worried about your mental health. Mm. Talk to a friend or family member is a good place to start. You can also speak to a professional like your GP or call a mental health helpline. And there are uh, helplines run by Mind. There's the SANE line. Yep. You can find their details online. And, of course, the Samaritans are 24 hours. Here in the UK, they're on 116123. And I believe the number is similar in the Republic of Ireland. But uh, obviously do a quick Google check for that if you need to speak to anybody because it is legitimate to fill afraid and scared and yeah. um, you yeah. know and to, to what, people, what people should remember there's an awful lot of organisations out there right mm. across the UK and Ireland um, the countries we cover and even people listening outside on um, of the UK and <laughs> Ireland on the internet mm. um, there's organisations all over the world however right wing your government is there's mm. even helplines in Poland um, Romania Hungary mm. Um, so just use them um, mm. they're there for you and there's a lot of people willing to help yep indeed Absolutely. and f- fingers crossed it dies down and well we'll see, we'll see what just happens. have to keep watching I feel a little bit powerless you know? it's, you know. well we are really yeah. in the context of that <laughs> exactly. kind of issue and, you know yeah. we sort of are we're just watching it happen yeah and acknowledging that I think is is yeah. is, is, is healthy and mm. actually yeah. we can talk about it and, yeah. and yeah. say that's, that's yeah. our concern anything happy to say Terry I thought we'd actually sort of bring it you know to to a conclusion by sort of sort of saying that uh, as I said um, lots of people there are there actually are things in place I mean, I'm sure diplomatic efforts will continue yeah. uh, you know underground sometimes the security yeah. services will be in touch with each other and there, there are mechanisms in place to de-escalate conflict like this yeah. so you can be sure that those will be being yeah. explored and you can always look up dinosaur erotica <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody does enough, a degree on that you can enough, start studying a psychologist that was speaking uh, in, in to the media actually sort of said do things Things that make you feel good. Have a hot mm. bath. Have mm. a slice of cake. Listen to some good and positive records. Mm. You know, listen to some LGBT. Go radio. listen to Anton Deck in drag. <laughs> Did you see them? I didn't know, but I've got to go They look, they look fantastic. stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah I've seen what they look like, fantastic. but I haven't, haven't seen the performance. Well, so I'm, I'm assuming if it is ITV, it'd be on ITV Player. It'd be on imagine. the ITV Hub. Yeah. So Absolutely. although it's probably also gone viral on Facebook, like, <laughs> like they like they all do. So. 
Yeah. And yeah. Well, Jack. next Jack. week, talking of drag. Yes. Ooh, what's happening next? Um, I'm really well at linking these shows together. <laughs> <laughs> right? no, she's the pro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm cheap. <laughs> um, well, I'll get free advert out. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got Alad from Brigstow, um, who's oh, been on the show many sad. times doing the, the Brigstow Five. Yeah. And um, uh, they've got a new drag programme coming out very soon. And so next week, Alad will be in. It's called Bottomless Drag. And uh, we're also going to be there interviewing the act. So, um, yeah, again, we'll have some top drag coming to shout sad. out. Amazing. Um, so. Maybe you could drag up, Andy. No. For radio. No. You can just pretend. No, just for, well, yeah, for radio. Because <laughs> well, anyone know? Just for our amusement <laughs> yeah. alone. Well, well, what makes you think we've never done that? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> uh, you're in drag right now. You know, I can see. I love this. Well, RuPaul, RuPaul wow. said we're born naked and after that, everything so is pretty much drag. drag. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I've, ne- I've never done drag. Well, I, uh, depends if you class doing panto on stage. Um, no, which I don't that think that's definitely drag. not. No. <laughs> no, but that's about the closest I've come to it. Yeah. I love it. I love drag makeup. Playing. I think it's fantastic. I love. Go the into the history of names and, and drag and all that. Transvestism just means wearing the opposite clothes to the gender. Oh, so talking binary, isn't it? Yeah, 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 very much so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think gender expression's a spectrum, right? We should all feel yeah. free to play. Indeed. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully, um, we'll get to broadcast in VR one day. You oh, never yeah. know. It may come. I can make yes. it happen. We can do that. However, Mr. Shilton, <laughs> until next time uh, when that happens, you can listen again and find out all about the show online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, as we said next week, um, it's going to be bottomless drag, so join us for that. Ooh, but from wait. myself, from <laughs> Steph, um, from Terry, and make sure I say your name right. Antonio. And Say bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. Shout out. LGBT radio for you.